Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A Wiggins. That other side, we stay winning. Oh man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah. Suits and ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Oh man, oh man, oh man, man, you know I had Welcome back to the Rachel Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford, joined this week by our old friend, Jared. Jared, how's it going, man? It's going great. It's so great to be back. Yeah, you know, it's like summer vacation or something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, we all got our own things to be doing. Now we're getting back into the swing of things, to the regular year. Yeah, you know, but uh, the racial draft pushes forward. Uh, I didn't prepare a docket this week, um, so we just kind of can go off the top of our heads uh, of the, uh, you know, with, with the strikes and everything, there hasn't been a lot of concrete news. Right. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumor-mongering yeah. that has that morphed into news, which <laughs> is regrettable. Um, you know, yeah. um, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about the quote-unquote story, which is right. that Hollywood is a place where promises don't actually get made people <laughs> engage in in discussions that may or may not lead places and uh savvy reporters know how to convey that but non-savvy reporters uh put put people in, in bad situations mm-hmm. and uh and yeah and that, that 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 was basically the long and short of the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman story as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't know if you have a different perspective. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like what I it, you know, just seemed like a lot of like the parties involved really didn't know what the other like, it just seemed like a lot of miscommunication and um, it's just unfortunate and certain people used it to kind of further their own um agenda with air quote quotes yeah. i feel like um you know gal gadot um you know i i don't think she intended to cause quite a bit of a stir no i mean i if anything you know like first of all contextually we have to remember that a lot of these interviews happened months ago right because right. you know actors aren't permitted to talk but uh, haven't been permitted to talk since uh july right you right. know they haven't been uh permitted to talk to media since since the uh sag after strike started so yeah. that would have been yeah about a month ago totally. so a lot of these interviews took place in june um while a lot of balls were in the air. A lot of things had not been decided. Things were and, still in flux and all that. Well, think and, and the truth is, things are still in are flux. St- yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? But so, if you, you know, looking at it from, one of the things that, obviously, I don't have firsthand experience with this, but one of the things that, you know, uh, experienced uh, industry reporters will tell you 
is that, you know, there are different kinds of confirmations and denials uh, because when until a deal is actually done, and if everything is an is a, is a possibility, yeah, and you don't and and because it's a relationships business, it's about preserving the relationship. It's about saying totally. what you need to say so that there's no hard feelings one yeah. way or the other. Mm. So until a decision is officially made that right. they're going in a different direction with one woman. Until they know for a fact what their direction is, and it doesn't include right. Gal Gadot, they're going to say, as of now. <laughs> exactly. And they did the same thing with uh, Ezra Miller before The, before Flash, the Flash came movie. out. And yeah. people were freaking out because they're like, oh my goodness, they're going to keep Ezra Miller on as Barry Allen? No, they're not going to do that. It's just that they got a big movie coming out and they want to... Well, also, on the off chance chance that that movie makes a billion dollars, they don't want to be on record of saying, we're not bringing him back. Totally. It's correct. It just hit me that... um, Oh, sorry. That that, bad. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Just hit me that the Flash movie came out and... I like I've been I haven't been on like we haven't talked about any of that not that I'm like saying not that I want to talk about it um but yeah it's been a while yes and in fact it's possible that that interview happened or sorry not interview sorry well yeah the interview too it's possible that that interview happened before the flash movie came out yeah and and if you're thinking about it you know Wonder Woman wasn't yeah spoiler Sorry for a movie that's already on demand that you can watch. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't necessarily demanded by people, you know. You know, like, for all we know, I mean, again, I don't want to spoil anybody, and I don't have any inside information. For all we know, we may see Wonder Woman in Blue Beetle. We may see Wonder Woman in in Aquaman, yeah. you know. And if 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 their goal is to try to keep her in the mix at least in the short term right then you then you say as of at right now mm-hmm. you know we we still got some things we still got some things for you yeah and you know one of the one of the issues that 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 is so frustrating is that you know obviously James Gunn has made a reputation as a debunker a public right. debunker of rumors Mm -hmm. um and for me that comes with upsides and downsides right yeah you know because the upside of it is that great we heard from the horse's mouth this is a thing that's not happening that was rumored or it's a thing that is happening that's Mm -hmm. confirmed but 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 then what it does is if he it turns into like a little bit of a rorschach test because if he doesn't say anything Mm -hmm. you could take that as a confirmation or you could take it as well. He hasn't publicly confirmed it, so we so we won't believe anything until he publicly confirms it. Right. It really and, is a, a, like thankless. Um, and but like, can he even do that nowadays with all this? Like, would he even want to do that with all the strikes now being sort of like a CEO? 
it's it's probably not a, a good look, right? Exactly. Um, it, you know, because remember, even the Superman uh, confirmations happened before the strike. Right. Right before the strike. Yeah. Um, some might argue, you know, <laughs> strategically so. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so even, you know, so so setting that expectation that obviously he could have come right out and he's allowed to say. Yes. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's He's allowed to say no. But he's, but but again, even if you go into, you know, what she said, there was still a lot of uncertainty, right? You she know, made like is, very, like, very hefty like claims there. She, you know, kind of announced like a whole new movie that she would be starting. Yeah, but you see, th- that wasn't my interpretation of it. It really wasn't. No, no, no. no it you know, neither was it mine, yeah. but. It was. It That's was rep- how people spun it. It was reported. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It was reported because again, we've we've talked a lot about how saying that something's being developed is not the same as right. saying that that, that it's, it's ever going to happen. That it's ever going to happen. Yeah. You know, all we, you know, all all I took that to mean was that she was not told that she was gone. Yeah. You know that she was still in whatever at that point in time, whatever at that point in time they were thinking about, they mm-hmm. wanted to keep her in uh in the um in the loop. Yeah, obviously. You know. I could totally see her like continuing as some sort of pro- producer, developer a la mm-hmm. what we might see with Scarlett Johansson. Like I feel like it's a very similar situation with yeah. what Scarjo faced and what um, Gal Gadot faced with uh, the Joss Whedon situation. So they might want to appease her in that case. See, what I was thinking was was kind of more along the lines of they don't have a movie. Uh, it, they didn't. They didn't announce a movie for their original slate. Um, right of of twenty twenty five movies. They yeah. have announced that Amazon's the Paradise project, Lost Paradise Lost project. Sorry, which. To me, that seemed like a little bit of a, uh, you know, let's kick the can down the road a little bit. Right. You know, it's it's one room in ish content without being a an official right. one room movie. Right. And and the I legwork. and what'd you say? It's the legwork. Yeah. So in my mind, it was kind of like uh, we can appease the one woman fans by saying that there's something in the one woman universe and maybe she's like you said an executive producer on that you know Mm -hmm. maybe she can sort of participate in some capacity on that maybe she's hippolyta like yeah well no no i mean i'm just saying in some capacity with deciding what what happens to the one woman character because like it or not you know for people my age and a little bit older um, Linda Carter is is Wonder Woman. Yeah. But for, you know, I would say if you're if you're under thirty, you know, Gal Gadot is kind of yeah. the, you know, who you think of when you think of Wonder Woman in live action. Yeah. And I could totally imagine a world where, not well, sorry, not even to mention the fact that you know James Gunn has said that in animated projects they're planning to use, you know, some of the same actors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, without knowing all the things that they have planned for the next five years, 
um, because they haven't they haven't announced everything. They've only yeah. announced kind of like the first wave. Yeah. Um, it 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 very well could be a situation where she just kind of sunsets her character, and you know the next wave of of Wonder Woman centric projects focuses on the Wonder Girls. You know, you could right. totally see a, a situation where, you know, she's kind of like the mentor yeah. for for the for the Amazon characters. Because right. I think I I think I mentioned this on, on another podcast uh, a while back saying that, you know, from a, you know, they put a lot of time into energy, time and energy into building out batman's mythos and his bat family and to a lesser extent superman's mythos and you know characters are superman adjacent and it seems like they're going to continue to build out that that world you yeah. know it's it's going to be a lot of work building out what the wonder woman uh ecosystem is is going to be and they might decide that in lieu of doing a reboot of the character using using gal to yeah. to expand out the Wonder Woman ecosystem is a better way to go, right? But it, instead of recasting. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day. Oh, Randy! Randy has joined us. Randy. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Randy! Welcome to the show. We were just uh, talking about the uh, Gal Gadot kerfuffle. Uh, do you have any big pic- do you have any big picture thoughts before we uh kind of jump you in on w- what we were just talking about? Um, I think that studio slates for movies and stuff are happening all the time, and we can kind of, you know, sort of figure out who knew what or or who you know what people's intentions are. But I, I think that it's entirely possible that she did get news that, you know, they would try to, you know, figure out something and then maybe they moved along and were like, mm, not sure if we can do that. Okay. What we're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, like I said, I, I personally think that, you know, even if you look at the the sources, you know, uh, what the sources were saying, most mm-hmm. of what they were saying was nothing has been decided. Nothing right. has been committed to and we and there are, there are no current plans. <laughs> Just really, I mean, that's, frankly, that's very and that's very specific. That's you know, sorry. When I say very specific, I mean specific in a in a in a um, wiggle room perspective. I mean, right, right, exactly. That's that's sort of the the plausible deniability of of the nerd media rumor mill. Like they'll they'll happily kind of just throw the thing out there, but then they'll clarify. Well, if you didn't hear from me, it was I, I heard the thing, and yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, no, because the thing is, it, until there are actual plans, mm-hmm. there aren't plans. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Like right. Planning planning to have plans is not the same as having plans. And, yeah. And you can easily imagine a scenario where. You know they have gal in the room or have ever on, on the on the you know on the speakerphone. You know and her uh-huh. representation is like what's going on with gal. You guys just let go, Patty. You know and said that um, you know there's not going to be a Wonder Woman three, and uh-huh. and they and they're basically like, look, we you know nothing's been nothing's been decided yet as of now. You're still you know uh, 
you're still our, our gal. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, like to the extent that we have future Wonder Woman plans, we will talk, we will keep you in the loop. We will, we, you know, we were just yeah. talking about how yeah. you can totally imagine a, a world where th- thinking about how, you know, remember I've been, I've been on the, they're going to introduce Jonathan Kent uh, sooner mm-hmm. or later train. Right. And they're definitely introducing Damien soon, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it stands to reason that we will be getting younger uh, heroes, younger characters. And it, it's easy to imagine that we will get the younger Amazons, that we will get the um, Donna Troy's, Yara Flores, um, Cassie Sands. You're not I uh, I mean, it's it's not that I'm not seeing it. It's that we we kind of Uh-oh. have had. Oh, sorry, I mean, it's back. it's relatively easier to see. Yeah, it's 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 relatively easier to see than it would have been in the previous regime. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm I'm still not entirely sold. Like I feel like. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like only Damien and John and that was kind of the full extent of our younger like I mean it's sad to say because again I, I like being on the optimistic side of things but uh, we we shall see I don't know I mean also you know they, we did get confirmation we have gotten confirmation on multiple occasions that uh, you know that the Blue Beetle is, is, is going to be part of the future plans you know what i mean like yeah you know like i think obviously there's this there's a whole kind of ageist aspect uh mm-hmm. that, we, that we have to kind of get into when we talk about what it means for someone to be too old to play a character mm-hmm. um you know certain male actors played their roles deep into their 50s um gal gadot is in her i think you know 38 maybe you know yeah, yeah. I, I think um, so. Like, you know, people are already sort of trying to say, well, you know, we're, we're she's long in the tooth. We we got, <laughs> you know, we get we gotta move on. You know, I just think that if if what they're if what they're trying to do, if what James Gunn and company are trying to do is really uh-huh. kind of expand expand the universe as quickly as possible uh, uh-huh. to, into all of these different camps. And remember, we already know that certain characters are continuing on that, you know, just sort of soft rebooting these characters by giving us the extended uh, extended family, the, the supporting the, the supporting characters. We already know that they're they're doing an Amazon a uh, Paradise Lost Amazon based show. So mm-hmm. it just it just feels like an extension of that of that story. I'm, I mean, look, I'm 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 right there with you. I feel like that is a logical thing to do. <laughs> I, would, I would like for them to do that. But, you know, just I I have been hurt too many times. Sure, sure. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I think that I mean, I remember, you know, some of our chats saying, you know, this part and I had said it earlier in the show that mm-hmm. even announcing the Paradise Lost show was their mm-hmm. way of not committing one way or another into what they're what they want to do with Wonder Woman. You know, right. that if that show goes for three or four seasons, um, they could at least say, hey, we've got some Wonder Woman 
adjacent content going on. We haven't forgotten about the Amazons. Look, look, you get Amazons every week on your TV. You know, yeah, yeah. That you know that was their way of kind of uh, giving buying time, buying time to figure out what their strategy is. Because let's, I mean, as much as we like to talk about the DC Trinity being you know three centrally important characters, there's mm-hmm. clearly a hierarchy in that, yeah. that trinity in terms of yeah. priority and in terms of importance. Um, Batman, then Super, uh, then Superman, then a couple more rungs down, then we finally get to Wonder Woman. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> it would have it would have looked bad if they announced if they announced a Superman project, a Batman project, and then you know, just tumbleweeds. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, with Wonder Woman, but I could totally imagine them going five, six, seven years before there's another Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you, we clearly have, as you said, a hierarchy, and so you know, James Gunn has like, you know, he he knows Batman is coming. He knows Superman is coming. And then not only do we have the the dot, 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 you know, the the multiple ellipses before we get to Wonder Woman, we also have in between that, like, James Gunn's affinity for, like, these quirky, lesser known weirdos. <laughs> like, so, again, like, it's it's very difficult to feel confident in any particular configuration of, like, yeah, we're going to get Jackson Hyde, like. Are, are you sure? <laughs> you you probably don't want to bet on that yet. Like you want to kind of you know see how things play out first, and and I I feel like. But you, you know, see, that's another example of it's funny that you mentioned that because I think mm-hmm. I might have mentioned that as as well that you know if they're from the Aquaman perspective, if they mm-hmm. want to if they want to keep a good relationship with Jason Momoa, and if they you know obviously there's that long rumored. Uh, Lobo thing, right? But you know, mm-hmm. putting that aside for a second, w- I think we're all kind of on the record as assuming that Aquaman two is not going to do as well as Aquaman one, right? We we all yeah. kind of know that in our hearts. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So the question isn't, you know, the question isn't it, will it do as well? It's just how how and 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 quality, <laughs> notwithstanding, frankly, exactly. So it's like you know, obviously they're going to have enough cover to go a different direction with Aquaman. But even then, if they want to keep a good relationship with Jason Momoa because of his star star power and relationship to WBD and other projects, they Mm -hmm. might decide that it might be worthwhile to keep him around as a mentor character, but no longer put Aquaman movies on the slate. You know what I mean? Like these are, these are, adaptable positions when you don't have concrete plans you know until you know what your new plan is you want to at least uh not burn bridges with yeah basically basically my sense is let's let's not get too excited about the legacy characters before we kind of see how they establish the (laughs) the main the main pillars like let's let's kind of like see how they do batman first before we're like oh yeah damian wayne is stepping up like no let's you know let's let's be careful about it i just Hmm. i don't know i mean like i said i feel like 
we going back to what you said about James Gunn's affinity for kind of the more uh, offbeat slash obscure characters, I can see him using the um, using the established characters as as a uh, as a jumping off point. Yeah, as yeah. building blocks for the characters that he's really interested in. I'm. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's fair. Again, I just it. I I feel like, you know, I can't. I can't. I don't know. It's it's just something about. I I don't know. Maybe maybe my maybe my instincts are just off because like I I kind of felt when uh, when Zaslav first came in and with all of his lip service, I was like, oh well, maybe we kind of have something to look forward to, and then look how that turned out. So. <laughs> Who knows? Well, you know, we don't we don't have enough time to get into all of the <laughs> of the. I mean, it's funny that you. It's, one thing that is funny is that I got I just got a, a stock uh, email talking about how uh, WBD uh, the stock is something you want to keep an eye on because the the worst is is behind them. So you know, uh, Wall Street's feeling one way, uh, even if uh, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, again, like this is this would be the the best possible time to be proven wrong, right? Like you, oh, I don't know. We kind of been through this, and then to have them kind of, you know, again, we haven't even got to the first movie in this um, iteration of the DCU. So, and and the truth, um, and the truth you know. is, with these strikes, we may never. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. <laughs> But you know, again, if like I said, if I'm, I'm, I, I would love to be wrong this time around and, and have it be that that we just kind of uh, went through the ringer with with all of the the shenanigans from before and and really yeah. gun is just sort of got it, you know. Yeah, and, but the biggest really thing for me, the biggest thing for me is like the, the kind of like I wouldn't even call it hidden misogyny you know, of, like, really going after Gal, um, you know, for quote-unquote lying to the people. Yeah, it's you know? it's not hidden at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very it's, it's, open. like, I don't know what to tell you guys, you know, when people don't tell, people don't want to say that, oh, yeah, by the way, don't get your hopes up, guys. Fans, you love me, but don't get your hopes up. That's just not what people who have fans tell their fans. You know, I mean, they, it's like okay, so so had had they said that had, had she said that that there were definitely not plans or whatever, or kind of you know did the thing of like casting doubt on it. I mean, either way, she's going to be made out to to like be approaching it dishonestly because we don't have anything for sure. Like, there, she's not the one that's in charge of the slate anyway. Right. So, I mean, it's just. But that's just, what I'm just, saying. If she had said, if 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 if, if she if the uh, tone of her answer was less, mm -hmm. the tone, if it was factually, it was basically the same thing. But the tone right. of her answer was like, I don't know, guys. They weren't really committing to me, you know. We right. had some talks, but you know, nothing set in stone. Right. Like then, people would be like, Gal Gadot cast doubts on her future. And I mean, essentially, that's what happened a lot of times. It's, it's, it's not going to be. It's not going to be a gracious presentation anyway, because they just don't like. They it, there's just a lot of people, 
and especially people who are, you know, I hate to say it, but like in the media, quote unquote, that that just have this clear bias against Gal. And it's like, you know, for valid or invalid reasons. But I mean, just kind of tell what the news is. Don't just like, you know, don't don't try to phrase it in some sort of way. That's that's what fandom is for right like we're the we're supposed to be the ones get frothed up and and take things to logical extremes and stuff and you know the news is supposed to just kind of be like okay this is what she said blah 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 blah, and that's you know that's kind of it so i don't know I'm, I'm frustrated by the whole thing i feel like the the fra- the the framing of lying is is very just ugly like we we didn't get all this backlash when we found out Andrew Garfield was actually lying about being in in freaking uh, uh no no way home. So no, no, but but he was lying to help us. He was right, to right. Surprise <laughs> us. That's totally different. What, right. What about, what about Zachary Levi openly complaining about critics not liking uh Shazam: Fury of the Gods and how this? Yeah, is I mean it's it's it's. The, it's it's very much like they they pick and choose how yeah. how they want to sort of receive it, and it's like okay, you 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 diminish your own integrity when you are making clear this ugly bias, and it's like that's not yeah. how she said it. She just said this, that, and the other, and if you just took it for face value, then it's very obvious that she's you know doesn't know, and she's kind of hopeful but doesn't know. That's it. Yeah, and you know, again, I also I look at it from the perspective of we're part of what's happening with these with the strikes, right? Part of mm-hmm. what we're we're hoping for as um, right thinking individuals is to understand that these are people, you know, these are people. Right. They have professions, they have careers, and you know, they're in a bit of a struggle with respect to the studios. With yeah. respect to what their um, job security might be, what their compensation might be, what their mm-hmm. long term, you know, obviously household name stars, we, you know, we we worry about them less than we worry about the, you know, the the, the names we don't know, mm-hmm. but, but but the fact still remains, we're you know we're, we're dealing with people who are at an uncertain position in an uncertain industry. And they don't necessarily know where their next check is coming from, and they don't net. They don't want to have failures on their records if they can help it. They don't want to have the veneer of, I just got fired from my last mm-hmm. role, or I don't have any prospects in the future. It's it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it it makes it harder to get the next gig. You know, it's smart where. When you know you always have people talking about your next thing, your next project, right? You know, because it 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 it's, it suggests that you are in demand, and you know you need that when when again when the strikes are over and your representation are making their calls to try to get you booked. You know if you're if if if, if even Zachary Levi, whose politics I I probably don't share. You know, like yeah, is yeah. you know it. You know he doesn't want to be like, yeah, man, uh, made a movie, uh, nobody liked it. I was <laughs> I had a terrible. I was a terrible choice for Shazam, 
and uh, no one should ever hire me again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like would you really expect Zachary Levi, Levi to say that? You know what I mean? Like, or is he going to try to like, you know, talk him, you know, hey, you know, I mean, I, I didn't expect our, our movie to make all the money in the world, but it, it doesn't, it, it, it felt unfair. I felt like I was, you know, I feel like our movie, the people worked hard on the movie and it should have gotten more, you know what I mean? I feel like that's a human response. Yeah. You know? Right. And we sometimes I think in in our quest, not our, you know, only I'm, only only certain people get the benefit of the doubt in in terms of observing that human response, though. Yeah. You know, it's like we want the headline that's going mm-hmm. to get the most clicks. We want the you know the the most engagement on social media, the most likes, the most retweets, the most uh, you know whatever. Like and just saying. You know, uh, yeah, little frust- Zach, Levi, a little frustrated with, you know, how things turned out with his last movie. We're like, Zachary Levi blames fans and critics for, <laughs> for his failure. <laughs> you know, and it's like, come on, man. Just just let people be people. You know, it's okay. Like, you can, you can, you can have your opinion. You can, again, you know, not, I'm not, I, I, you know, I happen to not think that Gal Gadot was the strongest actress, right? But I also do think that she was good in the role of Wonder Woman, you know? So, like, and I also have, you know, spent years, 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 like maybe even decades brainstorming what it would take to bring Wonder Woman to live action, you know, in a, in a good way. And so far, the only person that was able to do it, well, was Gal Gadot. That isn't to say that others can't, but it's not as if, you know, what we've seen with Batman, that they're all different flavors of Batman, all different varieties of Batman that you could, you know, we even Spider-Man, who I love, you know, that there are different, you know, we can have our favorites and we can say, oh, you know, I prefer Perfect, I prefer Helen, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. like so I have to give her that. I have to tip my hat to her in that respect, you know? And to be possessive of a character and to not want to let the character go and to not want to give up until it's 100%, you know, sure that, um, you know, that they found another person, like from any angle, that makes sense. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's just wild that that people are just so eager. Well, we've talked about this before. Like, the word fans, especially like nerd fans, love the word reboot. It's their favorite. I think it's their favorite word, honestly. <laughs> I think it's their favorite word. Whether they whether they want to whether they want to uh, hate hate watch it or uh, speculate, like just reboot is just like oh my god, it's, it's catnip for them. <laughs> you know, but but I think for average, I think for, for average people. It doesn't really hold that same. It doesn't really hold that same intrigue. You know, like saying we're going to reboot doesn't make problems go away. That's like your your favorite. I mean, sport. I mean, right? Fan, yeah. I was just gonna say, fans are like they they get personally invested in terms of the actual actors or the actual characters or whatever. Where we basically got um. 
I mean, people people are talking about like they're mad specifically at like you know recast Amber Heard or so it like regular people don't give a freak about you know, all of this stuff that we're talking about. Like they look at us like you idiot. Do you want to know the story or not? Like who cares? And it's <laughs> it's it's funny to me because we 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 sort of get caught up in all of this stuff and we we you know if if we're not mindful we sort of project our own personal biases or whatever onto the general public or you know whoever that you know oh they don't want to they want to see more of Zack Snyder's version of like no they they want to see a good movie they want to see yes. a movie that looks cool right and At the that's end of the day I'm, that's that's what they're looking for they're looking for quality mm-hmm. right and and it's there it's 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 the job of the marketing and it's the job of the studio to both deliver good quality and convince people to check it out. Uh And I personally don't think that for the average person, just saying the word reboot is magic pixie dust and people go, Oh, okay. Well, it's reboot now. All the other times that there was a movie that had DC on it, you know, I, I was a little shaky on, but now it's reboot. So, you know, I mean, like the the simple fact is, we we had a hard enough a time getting them to sort of like distinguish between Marvel and DC. <laughs> let let alone now we're going to be like, oh well, it was the old regime of DC versus now we're going a new direction. Like, no, shut up, yeah. show me the movie. Like, that's like, it. That was that was the DC EU. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, totally different, totally different thing. You know, like they they they, they get like frustrated when we kind of get too in depth in the weeds of like the multiverse and other stuff. They're like, no, shut up, just show me the movie. That's that's it. <laughs> just show me the movie. Yeah, and and Superman Legacy is going to come out, and before that, uh, Waller and Creature Commandos, like those projects are going to come out whenever they come out, and. And it will be up to the the audience to say, well, you know, that last thing that DC did, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give this new thing a chance. You know? I mean, even even something, which I, I guess before we get into the draft business, we'll talk a little bit about Blue Beetle um, because there was, you know, a little bit of news uh, involving, um, you know, Latinx uh, I don't know what like community. I guess it's more community groups, right? Or artisans, like uh, certain um, people in the Latinx community, kind of speaking out and saying that you know it's unfortunate that with the strikes, uh, it's you know it's the movie's not being promoted the same way because mm-hmm. you know they they're not allowed to promote actors. Actors aren't going to be allowed to promote it, but they still want people to kind of come out and support the movie yeah. because the movie is. Um, is important to to the community, yeah. um, and you know we've seen in our kind of nerd circles people just punt and say, oh well, this movie is just going to fail. Like it's just why even bother? Why even commit to? <laughs> you know why even why even care about the movie? And you know it's just, it's it's kind of a weird discordance for me because is it good? You're right. <laughs> you're, you're 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 hoping. I mean, like you're you're not being realistic if you want to just kind of 
say everything under that umbrella is just going to fail and then don't even give it a chance. Like you have to look individually at each project mm. and, and Blue Beetle looks fun. It looks good. I don't know about the, again, cause like Black Adam, we, we, I, even, even for all of my, you know, everybody kind of panned Black Adam. I enjoyed Black Adam. I had aspects of it that I didn't care for. But overall, I didn't think it was this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad movie that everybody tried to make it out to be. It's just you take each thing as it comes and you sort of, you know, you try to be fair to, to the things that work for it. And of course, you the, the criticism is in there, but that shouldn't be the only thing that you're looking for. And it's like, I'm going to go see Blue Beetle. I don't give a freak. I'm going to go see it first day or first week or whatever. And and hopefully, you know, even though the the, the negative is, is always there in fandom because <laughs> what are fans <laughs> without complaints? But, you know, hopefully the, the sort of word of mouth will be there to be like, yeah, it's, it's a DC thing. They haven't had the best track record, but this here is legit. Like, at least, you know, give it a try. Hopefully we get to see that because, like, it, it really does. Again, I, I empathize with the people who are on strike and, and, and had a project coming out right now. But, but hopefully the fans will step up in that way and, and sort of lend their energies to, to you know, not just pointing out the problem, but also helping be part of that solution. Yeah. And, you know, and we've seen it, you know, when it comes to narratives around success and failure, um, we just saw this uh, in the past week with the Elemental movie that, you mm -hmm. know, was, was sort of preemptively uh, called a failure. Yep. Um, obviously, it didn't set the world on fire, but it made, I think, about a little less than three times the budget. Um, yeah, you know, which three times generally is is kind of like the threshold uh, for profitability. But this was a movie that opened, you know, was the lowest, uh, if not the lowest, opening for a Pixar movie, and you know, people just put dirt on the grave. But meanwhile, it was a good movie that people saw, told their friends about, kept seeing, and they never, they never pulled it. They kept it in the theaters, and it ground its way to to the box office that it got you know it's a shame that more movies in this current climate aren't afforded that same opportunity you know to just stick around and let people find them and you know wait until it's all over before you decide whether a movie you know flopped or not fandom is garbage <laughs> just <laughs> putting that out there all right i'm gonna since it's just me and randy for the last little bit i'm gonna give jared the final word before we uh jump into our racial draft business oh i, I don't like i don't know i don't have many thoughts I, I i just i feel bad for gal gadot in this whole situation i guess um if we're tying it all back into that um yeah people definitely like will take anything to um and, and turn it into into a way to knock her and you know she definitely does not know what's gonna happen like i i do think in the end 
I don't think they will recast. Um, I do think she will continue to be Wonder Woman. Um, or I, I do think she will be Diana Prince. I, mm. I Randy brought this up earlier um, about them moving on from the Diana Prince Wonder Woman. I do think they will. I kind of disagree with Randy on that front. I could totally see a world where Yara Floor is the DCU's Wonder Woman. Um, or Nubia, even. Or or Nubia. I mean, either either or. Um, yeah. I, you, I, I do think Gal Gadot, Diana, will be sort of in there as like a mentor. Um, yeah. But... From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. She didn't... She just said what she knew, and people spun it into this whole big thing and it's just horrible like it's so sad to see all these and and big news sites using it as headlights to only fan the Mm -hmm. flames it's it's horrible like people need to take like some responsibility or some moral high ground in this situation um because it's it's you know these people are People as well. Actor, yeah. actor. It may shock you to know that <laughs> actors are also people. What? <laughs> wow, this is groundbreaking. <laughs> so th- those are my thoughts. Nothing yeah. that you y'all didn't say already. <laughs> yeah, and 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 just to put a a, a bow on a bow, um, mm. you know, I think that we're all suffering is the wrong word, um, you know, because we're we're doing fine. Um, in this way but i think that these sites are so thirsty for news uh when the biggest story is are the the biggest story are the twin strikes that they're like they they want to turn anything that they can into into news and i think and 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 sadly on top of that sorry to kind of interject in here but like on top of that we (laughs) we have not only are the media sites already kind of driven by sort of sensationalism and outrage and all this other stuff, you know, as as the the sort of microcosm of of fandom in and of itself, but also Elon is is doing his yeah. foolery <laughs> as usual, where now accounts are are getting sort of like paid and all this other stuff to 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 you know generate outrage like it's more and more incentive to generate frustration and outrage and like any sort of news is good news as long as it kind of gets eyeballs on you and engagement on your tweets right right it really becomes like a mob mentality sort of thing where like false now becomes truth and yeah. it's like it, it, it loses it loses even the the sort of meaning behind what is truth because it's like okay so what if it's not true is it yeah. compelling does it get people talking mm-hmm. so enough people believe it then yeah yeah and and you know beyond even the, the binary of truth versus fiction the mm-hmm. good faith versus bad faith you yep. know the I'm going to put this take out here that I may not really believe in, but mm-hmm. I know that people will get mad if I say it. Yep. 
you know, and I know that eventually, even if, if, even if it, it leads to a whole bunch of people fighting for the next eight hours, you know, that was just all, all because all of that fighting happened under my initial tweet, you know, I'm in, I'm financially incentivized to, to have that happen. I, I literally saw somebody complain yesterday that that he was like calling people haters and stuff because they they wouldn't actually quote tweet <laughs> his his reply they wouldn't like reply to like quote tweet they just like screenshot it <laughs> and give their reply You're like oh y'all are some haters y'all try to keep us from getting money it's like yes that's uh, I do actually hate that setup yes yes I do oh somber note uh, but we're going to do a little bit of reset as we jump into our racial draft, where we change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft, one draft pick at a time. Um, and, you know, week three, round three of the racial draft dynasty draft. Uh, how does everybody feel about their dynasty draft so far? Is everybody feeling, uh, good. feeling good, feeling good? Yeah, we'll start off with white on white, uh, mayonnaise on mayonnaise on wonder. Um, <laughs> the white delegation drafting Jimmy Olsen, not James Olsen. <laughs> Look, man, we know that you already you 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 put out that draft strategy. You only draft people with superpowers, so you know <laughs> you you know. Listen, never been two two black Jimmys, two black Jimmys, but you, you decided. You know, not not a priority for the black delegation, <laughs> but I, you know, I get it. Ginger side, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my 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 agenda isn't gendering quite like it is supposed to, but it's fine. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah. I mean, look, it's a tough one for me because while I definitely like uh, Jimmy and the Superman, uh, the Avengers, you still haven't watched that, right, Randy? I, I haven't. No. Oh, you gotta! It's so good. I know. Oh so yes, I, I I absolutely plan to, but it's like I'm yeah. I'm I got stuff and things afoot. So of course. Yeah, like while I so while I do like this incar incarnation of Jimmy, who's not, uh, you know, a plucky, a plucky young redhead. I mean, you know, Jimmy has does have his kind of iconic, uh, iconic look. Uh, he's very. I don't know. It's it's like a, it's a it's a certain type that yeah. I mean, I, I'm all right with it, even though like I don't know. It's, it's it's tough for me. Like I said, I like other alternative spins on the character, but I also appreciate the the classic, the classic Jimmy. So for me personally, uh, I didn't have a I didn't have a disapproval in me. Uh, for, for for white Jimmy at two at two birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I didn't have a disapproval. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to disapprove of the. Of the pick. I, I I see. I see. I haven't driven home the ginger side strongly enough. I have to. I have Look, to ramp it up again next season. No, listen. All I'm saying is that if you had draft, if you had drafted him, the black delegate had drafted Jimmy, I would. I also wouldn't have disapproved. You know, I'm just saying that you know, just because just because I approve of the alternative Jimmy doesn't mean that. No, I no, because see, because see, now, now I have to know. Did you did you somewhat approve, or or did you strongly approve? Because I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way right now. 
well, this is this is the part where I tell on myself. Yeah, no, come here. Yeah, okay. this is the part where I tell on myself because I'm looking at the I'm looking at the voting right now from the fans, and 75 percent have approved, and all 75 percent strongly approved. So. Ah, I see. Okay. Huh. Well, I'm trying not to take that one personally. And tw- and twenty five percent somewhat disapprove. <laughs> so, so there you have it. There's you know pretty clear, pretty clear articles. And on the website, which we all urge you to cast your votes on, uh one hundred percent approval for what Jimmy O said. Moving on to uh, maybe a little bit more of a controversial pick, I would say. Uh, Melissa Gold. Mm, yeah. For the Polynesian, <laughs> the Polynesian delegation. I, I don't know. I mean, in my, in my experience, I've met a few Melissa Golds. Um, not Polynesian. Not Polynesian. <laughs> um, but uh, we happen to have Jared from Jewish delegation. How, how, would you, how do you feel about yeah hi guys um i (laughs) i look i'm like i'm upset about it but like i i can't be too petty like i was gonna probably draft her in like a late late round i had no plans in drafting her um early round and uh tomatino got in there before me like why can't melissa gold be not jewish you know what i mean like obviously she's been consistently written as jewish um i don't want to say since her creation but uh pretty if i remember pretty soon after she was created after her first appearance i don't know i'll have to look that up but uh i wouldn't say there's necessarily anything super intrinsic to okay. her character that's like she has to be Jewish. So if another delegation wants to come in and you know change that's her very up, magnanimous of you. Very magnanimous of you. I mean, it's tough for me because I haven't read a ton of stories with Songbird in it. But you know, her being Jewish was just kind of a, a thing. Just a yeah, you know, yeah, I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. there because there aren't so I mean there, you know, there are Jewish characters in in, in right. Marvel, right but there there aren't so many that you know that when there's a character that's just like very clear that they're jewish right you know but look there really aren't that many polynesian characters either so if tomati wants to take one of mine okay. um, i'm totally fine with that I'll take one of his though. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's that's gonna be rougher. Uh, I, I but, would um, do that to him. <laughs> but from the people's perspective, the people are at fifty-five point five percent approval rating, forty-four point four strongly approved, eleven point one somewhat approved, and another forty-four point four percent somewhat disapproved. Uh, we also got a fan cast in there of Jaden Randall. Um, who's a singer, an actress and a singer. Um, so I guess she's got the songbird part down. Um, you know, she's she's very light, light skinned. So visually, I guess she uh, she fits the big bill. I don't know whether she is Polynesian and also Jewish. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a nice little uh, tip of the hat if she were. That'd be really cool. But so as of now, a sixty-six point six percent approval rating, 
uh, with 33-33 and 33 with the uh, strongly, sorry, with the somewhat disapproved of the casting. Um, but the other 33s are at uh, strongly and somewhat approved. So, you know, still still a little bit of time. I'm not sure. Not sure when the when the poll exactly closes. So, listener, if you have a strong opinion either way, go ahead and uh, vote uh, on the website. Not approved. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll keep we'll keep it moving, uh, and we will get to the South Asian delegation and our old friend Ocean Massa. Um, <laughs> The uh, Orm, Marius, brother of Aquaman, uh, putative leader of the uh, Atlanteans. Uh, anytime the Atlanteans want to do some messed up things, they they grab their they grab that guy Orm, um, so that Arthur can oppose him. He's like, what if Namor were actually not in any way likable? Um, <laughs> And you get Ocean Master. Um, but I would say with the fan cast in the South Asian delegation, uh, they they're given they're given old Namor a run for his money because they fan cast Sendhil Ramamurthy as their as their arm. Um, that's a very attractive man, um, and he's going to be wet all the time because he's coming mm -hmm. out of the water. So. Mm -hmm. He's 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 doing some some ocean mastering. You know, you know, you get, <laughs> get my drift. Uh, how, how, how do you feel about how do you feel about the uh, the pick, Randy? I have nothing that is inappropriate that that is not inappropriate to say. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna hush. I approve. Approve <laughs> <laughs> of the the pick and the fan cast. I I approve of the fan cast more than the pick, okay. for some um, reason. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before when we I think last week when we talked about um, uh, Zebel and their relationship to Atlantis. That mm -hmm. um, you know some of the the issues around uh, their acceptance of both both their acceptance of Arthur and their relationship to the other kingdoms in Atlantis. That you know, that the idea of Atlantis being maybe more, um, kind of in the colonized mindset, might be yeah. might be useful to to the story. But at you know, at the end of the day, most of them are blue anyway. Um, I mean, the the thing is, they they have different concepts. Like they they have sort of this xenophobic idea and this this they have kind of some racist things that they have in their past but it's not the same like we we have um you know in in terms of complexion or whatever with us as surface dwellers but beneath the waves they're like if you have purple eyes you are you know this that and the other so like they have different ways of like okay so so Garth having purple eyes and then um um Arthur having blonde hair were like the things that were stigmatized, right? It's not the same as like, oh, you are darker than me. You are blah, blah, blah. like no, they don't have the same kind of 
racial preconceptions. They've just it's it's there, but it's their own version of that. That's fair. Plus, I was thinking like you know, uh, you know, I can't help but stereotype, but it's kind of like you know, to the extent that the caste system um, is something that you know endured in India for you know centuries. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that could be another way of kind of creating uh, stratification uh, in Atlantean society. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't I can't I can't really say that I disapprove of the of the pick uh, from where I sit, um, even though, you know, generally, like I said, Ocean Master, Master's um, demeanor does kind of fit into some of how we think about like the the supremacist as it were mm -hmm. but yeah not enough to, to to at least feel for me like breaks the character just maybe you know kind of change challenges maybe some of our uh preconceived notions about the characters and and again like like you i it's very difficult to uh to, to, to disapprove of the fan cast so as of now uh, the the pick is getting a ninety one point seven approval rating, um, fifty eight point three strongly approved, thirty three point three somewhat approved, and eight point three somewhat disapproved, uh, and the fan cast is getting eighty seven point five uh, percent approval, uh, fifty strongly approved, thirty seven point five somewhat approved, uh, twelve point five somewhat disapproved. So uh, you know, if you if you if you like Sendo Ramamurthy, uh, go ahead and get your approvals in there. You've got a little bit of time uh, on the website. Uh, on the website, it is a hundred percent approval. So keep on keeping on there. Um, moving on to uh, this one's kind of a defensive pick. Uh, Apocalypse. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, Egyptian. Uh, kind of canonically, even even more Egyptian. Once they really get into all of the the Krakoan uh, lore, Arako, sorry, the not Krakoan lore, the the Arako lore. I mean, that's that's some that's a hotel dream right there. Um, <laughs> really, it was it was really kind of coming down to those two jet delegations for me. Uh, either it was going to be the black delegation or the Swanamana delegation. And it really had to be like the Hotep delegation. <laughs> so uh, there's not. I mean, had it had. Did did you ever have Apocalypse on your radar, Randy? Um. Yeah, I did. I I was I was like not quite because I mean he he hadn't figured back in on on sort of um you know like on on a full term you know full time sort of terms. Like we we saw him in uh that that one issue before the fall and and all of that stuff, but I was like mm, maybe I can kind of push him off for a little bit and then I can sort of get Genesis more immediately because I knew that she was going to be like the immediate sort of antagonist rising there. Yeah, um, sure. and, what do you mean and, apocalypse is not going away? You know what I mean? Right, like, and I, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, you you have to try to get him at some point because we was kings. Like <laughs> you can't just <laughs> you can't just throw that away, obviously. But it was like, okay, fine, got snatched up because yeah, that was. I um, mean, I think it was around the time that um, the Hellfire Gala uh, came out, and I was like, 
okay, the Hellfire Gala came out. Let me go ahead and show some love to one of the fallen, uh, uh, you know, people who was supposed to have been on the new X-Men team. And I'm like, let me go ahead and, and, and get um, Prodigy. So that was like, I think that may have been my my point where I missed getting uh getting apocalypse but yes he was definitely on my my to-do list yeah i mean you know i i know we've, we've talked in the past about uh my clark duncan um yeah. i really feel like there was a world where michael clark duncan could have played apocalypse yeah and it yeah. would have yeah. been glorious um, yeah yeah but you know rest in peace to mark clark duncan and um, you know, whatever our imagination will hold, uh, I do hope that whatever we get for Apocalypse one day in live action will uh, make us forget about Oscar Isaac's rendition of the character. Um, right now on the website, we're sorry, not on the website, on on uh, Twitter, uh, 83.3% approval rating, uh, all 83.3 strongly approve, and uh, 16.7 somewhat disapprove of uh, still Egyptian apocalypse. Yep. We will push ahead to another defensive pick. And this one is from the East Southeast Asian delegation drafting uh, an East Asian character, Chinese Superman, super dad, super hyphen man, mm-hmm. Tom Keenan. Um, so one thing that I'm a little bit not keen on, and maybe you can help me with that. Um, how did he get into the like Superman family? Like, how is he like just kind of? Um, now? he he got. I'm I'm not sure how he actually made the transition from like being specifically over in China to now being over in Metropolis. I'm not sure how that happened. He he gained his powers from like um. China was trying to come up with basically their own manufactured yeah. superheroes and all that. Right. And but but I mean I think it was just like hand wave. I like Kong Kanan. Let me just add him. <laughs> I think I'm fairly certain it was it was that straightforward. And and good for them because I I very much was worried that after his new Superman, which eventually became New Superman in the Justice League of China. I was very worried that after that was done, he was just going to like peter off into the background and be done, which has happened very many times before. But no, somebody has thankfully, you know, wanted to include Kong Kanan, or I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly because they they never quite clarified that. But yeah, I mean, I I see that that spelling and I think Keenan just because I'm black. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And so I was like, okay. And so I, I think, I think it's because his last name and first name. So I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that. But basically, I think that it was just somebody who really liked the character and already was going to do sort of an initiative with like putting mm-hmm. all of the supers together. And so yeah, let's just chuck yeah. him into the right too. Yeah, and I wasn't sure because like I know that I saw him like show up in some supergirl stuff so i wasn't sure if they were like mm-hmm. dating or flirting or you know what i mean like you can never really tell what they're doing uh, on that front when it comes to like setting you know because nowadays he seems like he's like the same age as connor um mm-hmm. he's like 
in that like that Jonathan like Jonathan Connor Heenan um or sorry Kong you know like they right in in the in that sort of ambiguous are they teens are they young adults I don't know like <laughs> so yeah I mean they they wanted to include him and I'm like okay that's that's great <laughs> I'm I'm here no, I'm, uh, yeah I'm I'm definitely happy that he's here and I just want to kind of do my due diligence and figure out like how he made the jump from being like super family adjacent to mm -hmm. getting the jackets you know because they all have the le cool leather jackets now um, yeah <laughs> you know so it's like how, how well when was the decision made uh to get to get uh, in this leather jacket um and i do hope he you know going back to what we were talking about before with plans uh in the you know in the dcu uh it would be kind of cool uh to get him in live action one day and on that note uh, there was a fan cast of arnold's son whose work i am not familiar with at all uh what about you jared do you know arnold's son um quick imdb search he was in he was teen shang chi oh yes yes oh. yes yes he was yes he was i remember looking that up um so yeah, he was he I think he was good as Team Sun Shang Chi. Yeah, actually. Um, so uh sh shockingly, it's not a hundred percent approval rating for uh still for still East Asian Kong Kinan. Uh, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try your pronunciation, Randy, for a while. Kong Kinan. Uh 90 90.9% approval, uh with all 90.9 .9 strongly approving. Um and weirdly 9.1 somewhat disapproving um, they were hoping that he would be polynesian i guess <laughs> <laughs> like where where else is he supposed to fall i'm not sure yeah, exactly uh he's hyphen american that's what that's what <laughs> <laughs> um and as far as the uh the, for the casting uh 88.9 uh percent approval for the for uh arnold's son so, uh, you know, just a little bit, a little bit away, a little bit away from that. Like, like the other, the other percentages were like, I am with MTF. I also feel like his name is Keenan. He should be blessed. Keenan, I And yeah, 100% on the website. But uh, go ahead and keep voting on the website too. Uh, that brings us to the multiracial delegation and another defensive pick. Danielle Cage. You mm -hmm. might know her as the adorable little child of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. You know, and if we know everything, if we know anything about stereotypes, who doesn't love a mixed baby? <laughs> right. <laughs> who doesn't love a little mixed toddler with the, with the little hair and the cute little cute? That's Danielle Cage. Multiracial, regardless of the races, it doesn't matter. She's she's up she's up mixed. <laughs> you know, you could draft the white Luke Cage if you want, but you know, then you got to draft a different race for <laughs> Jessica Jones so that you get your nice little ambiguous brown baby girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, we know that somewhere in her future she becomes Captain America. You know, because at some point in the future. As they like to tell us, the future is ambiguously brown. Um, yeah, yeah. 
you know, all we gotta do is just keep having sex, multi uh, interracial sex, and all the racial problems will go away. That's what they tell us. I mean, or or we can all just sit back and just let Nick Cannon work. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's up to the task. He's yeah, <laughs> who knew? That's how you get the last name Cannon. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Dude or shoot. Um, like, but yeah, Daniel Cage, uh, you know, I was, we actually haven't seen her a lot in recent, um, you know, hopefully, because um, Luke doesn't have a solo coming, no? Nope, nope. Yeah, I felt like there was a run in there where she was just, anytime you saw the Cages, uh, you know, whether it was a Luke comic or Jessica Jones comic, Daniel mm -hmm. was, was, was in there just being adorable. It's like this is what I do it for, you know. So, she's. I feel like her approval rating is higher than either of her parents. Um, yeah, yeah. But as of now, the approval rating for multiracial Daniel Cage, eighty-five point seven, with all eighty-five point seven strongly approving. And uh, I would, even though it's fourteen point three, somewhat disapprove. I'm gonna go ahead and call that racist. I'm gonna go ahead and say. Uh, if you don't know <laughs> what else that's what I'm saying. like i i always get like i understand there will be disapproved but i wish that we could get more of like the why, why yeah. behind it <laughs> like tell me why exactly have a little uh clippy pop up i see you're you're disapproving would you like to, <laughs> would you like to explain, explain yourself why? Yeah. <laughs> exactly and of course 100 percent on the website but this one, uh, I gotta be honest, I uh, I kind of talked, kind of talked uh, Toriano into this one. Um, not not a hundred percent, you know, just kind of little little gently nudge. Uh, and that would be uh, Benjamin Poindexter, aka Bullseye. Uh, mm. This was one that I had on my radar for a little bit. Oh, interesting. For later, um, again, again, it's like one of those where it's like. I would have tried and tried tried and gone for him later if he was still around, but he's not, so I'm not. Too <laughs> about it. I mean, first of all, I feel like those guys a character that could be pretty much any race. Um, he's 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 kind of got a little bit of the Joker in him, in right. that you know he he's not really sure what his origin story is. We just know he's really good at hidden targets, and uh, he's a sociopath. Um, mm -hmm. That came from a from a tough background. Well, but, I'll I'll say this: I have a leg up over everyone because Wilson Bethel is in fact Jewish. Um, but will Wilson Bethel be playing Bullseye ever again? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it would be nice to see him come back in in uh, in uh, in Born Again. I I loved that version of yeah, Bullseye, and I thought he was great. Um, yeah. I thought no. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I actually do think he was great uh, in that version of Bullseye, but I, but I liked him as with the the arc of the story that they told with him. Um, a kind of it's harder to imagine him as the as like the comic book version of him. You know what I mean? Like interesting. Like I, I got, I got. I thought he worked in the context of the grounded, 
the, the grounded story that they told in Daredevil. And I and especially when they had him as fake Daredevil. Yeah, so for me, I feel like I'm on sort of the other side of this. I liked it when there were the the glimpses of comic book bullseye that came out in his performance, but didn't love how they tried to, I guess, um, create this, craft this whole backstory around him, uh, mm. make the audience um, sympathize with him. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. he's kind of like an incel. Um, so I was excited where, you know, they had that, te- that goofy tease where he opens his eye and it's the bullseye. I was like, yes, finally we can, we, we, we're going to get like actual bullseye. Mm-hmm. and i i would love to see that continued um would, do i think it will happen no but i i really i keep my fingers crossed okay that but, um... that one that one aspect that i did like of of their attempting to humanize him i will say that one aspect was like where you could see that that he genuinely was like like any any time he kind of encountered somebody and and you you can tell that he's had to like make an effort to sort of look like he actually had an emotional response like he used that same phrase that the the the, the therapist person was talking to him like to sort of like show him how to acknowledge other people's pain he'll say that but like it's clear that he's like not actually caring about the person's suffering or their fear or their pain or whatever. I thought that was really good. I yeah. I agree. I think like it's an interesting way for them to have their cake and eat it too, sort of. Yeah. Um. It's just again, I don't think Bullseye. Like you said, it. He's like Marvel's Joker. I prefer it when Joker doesn't have a backstory. Right. I always prefer it when characters like this don't have a backstory yeah and you know he's an interesting mm-hmm. character also in that is it a power that right has? it's or it's is... it's supposedly it's just a skill just but yeah you know and and and, and perhaps you know I'm, I'm letting kind of like you know stereotypes get to me a little bit because <sighs> you know in in the sense that like having him be a person of color that's just got skills like that that are natural gifts that <laughs> you know that 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 you know he he look as as long as long as you don't try to shoehorn him with a bow and arrow we're good yeah, like... you see that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've, I've never, I don't I've ever seen bullseye use a bow and arrow you know but uh you know you know he's He's all, and he turn, he turn anything into a bow and arrow. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, plus, you know, it's so easy to say because remember that whole thing, like you know, in his origin, that he used to play baseball, and and then for for whatever reason, he just decided to kill the guy uh, instead of in lieu of pitching the no hitter. Like it would be so easy for him to be like, yeah, he called me a racial slur. That was, yeah, that was the end of him. <laughs> Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that this to me this falls under the does it 
have to be a white guy. Um, yeah. You know, uh, umbrella. Like it doesn't break the character for him to to be of a different background because he's not. You know, he's he's he got a little, got a little 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 edge to him. You know, a little. Plus, he worked for the government, and but he worked for the government in a like. This was my only way out of the hood way. <laughs> it was it was very much a this is what I gotta do. You know, no yeah. other opportunities. I guess I gotta kill for the government. And you know, that that is a, a, an experience that a lot of people um can relate to as like not relate to, but an experience that that also... Who among us hasn't been drafted <laughs> to kill for the government? <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I just felt like the lane was there. The lane was there for the race for the race bend, um, like whereas sometimes some of the other characters are like, mm -hmm. I don't know, it feels like more of a stretch. Yeah, but uh, maybe that's just me. So because the people, seventy-seven point eight percent approval for Native American bullseye. Uh, 66.7 strongly approved, 11.1 somewhat approved, 11.1 somewhat disapproved, and 11.1 racist. 100% uh, of website, though. That brings us to the Black delegation. Randy, let the people know who you picked. I forgot who I picked. <laughs> no. <Please>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> try to think. This is this is the week that I picked Shuri, correct? Yes, it is. It is. Okay, yes. just want to make sure. Okay, so the the truth be told, I actually thought that I had Dynasty drafted her um last season, but then Michael was gracious enough to let me know that I had not. She had slipped my mind for some reason, and I was like, yes, let me go ahead and get on that immediately because I I definitely want to make sure that everybody puts respect on Wakandan mythos, even if my slippery mind <laughs> lets her slip from my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, you you can't really argue that Wakanda or, or Wakandans sort of make sense anywhere else. Like, you just can't. And so I, I feel like she she is an excellent embodiment of both the spiritual and, and the sort of, you know, black excellence technological side of the, the black experience. And so anytime you see that she's on the board, you, you may not necessarily go for her in the main draft because again, she's not putting up a whole lot of points, but she has to be part of the story. She has to. Now I have a question on a scale of one to 10. Um, how would you say he has the glow up, if, if you will, of the character, um, you know, in, in the past, let's say, you know, six years, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, like, obviously, when Black Panther came out in 2018? Yes. Yeah, so from, from before Black Panther came out in movies to now, like, what do you think is the state of, like, how much Shuri has kind of, how many levels, like, Shuri has? I mean, up? she she doesn't show up a whole lot outside of Wakanda, purely because I, I think that 
you know, when you sort of lean a lot into the African culture of it all, not just sort of the, ooh, fancy technology, like, no, you actually start to lean into the African culture and the African mythology and, and sort of the culture mm -hmm. of like, you know, that then but maybe do you think that she do you think that she's a household name? Um I don't know that I would say she's a household name, but I would say she's definitely like if she's not, she's like right at the cusp of it. Like, I mean, a lot of people are still sort of clinging to T'Challa and and you know, rightfully so, obviously, both the actor and the character are iconic, but I, I don't think that she's like nearly as far behind T'Challa as she was before. Yeah. What about you, Jared? Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever definitely did the character a ton of favors. Um, yeah. In, in, in terms of like household status, and it wouldn't shock me by like the time Kang Dynasty comes out, and hopefully she has the role she deserves on that Avengers team leading that avengers team alongside i don't know uh sam, sam wilson. wilson captain america and carol danvers that she really becomes at 100 a household name if she already is not one yeah mm -hmm. i mean i'm not sure you know because there's still a little bit of controversy a little bit a little sprinkling controversy although compared to some of the other marvel actors <laughs> yeah, she's been, yeah. She's been, uh, some the other marvel actors in that same movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right but um i do think that you know <clears throat> i think she went from like a deep cut character that it's like right. what you know about you you know like to, right right to like you know there's a good chance there's a good chance that between visually, like if someone showed a picture of Shuri or if someone mentioned the name Shuri, mm -hmm. then most people could identify her. As right, a, as exactly. Like I, I could I could see people who are not necessarily comic nerds being like, I'm a dress as Shuri for Halloween. I, I could absolutely see that. Like that's right. not, you know, you know, it's it's she's come a far away. And um I would even go on to say that um specifically Letitia Wright's portrayal has very well informed the current you know at least the visual look that we get from her um and and I think that it was a good decision to to lean that route like we we got we we got a lot of sort of the aesthetic uh changes to the character and also changes to her kind of attitude or personality just a little yeah, bit not drastically. Yeah. right but but like you know sort of not drastically but it felt like a very organic progression and like okay now we're adding more dimensions to how she's portrayed you know and at this point i mean she's been in video <clears throat> games right she's mm -hmm. been in cartoons yeah um, she obviously live action um you know, I, I would say at this point, she's, if you're going to have a Black, if you're going to have Black Panther T'Challa, then you're going to have Shuri somehow, most likely, yeah. you know. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that she's, she's had a tremendous uh, elevation and profile. And I do think that whatever our thoughts of Letitia Wright have, how they've evolved, 
you know, she's been instrumental at, at putting her stamp on the character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that all that to say that it is currently 100% approval rating for Black, still Black Shuri, and all 100% is strongly approving of, uh, of Shuri. Um, now, with respect to the fan cast, it's a little tiny smidge. Uh, <laughs> 97.4% approval rating uh, for uh, Letitia Wright Shuri. Um with only 2.6 somewhat disapproving, which you got to be honest. I mean, remember, pre Wakanda Forever, there was a lot of a lot of negativity around Letitia Wright Shuri. So this is this is yeah. Things have have worm has turned. Um. So yeah, maybe we will get her uh in a in a more prominent role in the MCU, um going forward because you know these numbers are an indication. I think a lot of people get them. Yeah. And of course, 100 on the website. Uh, this one was a, I, 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 against my better, against my uh, my interest, uh, you know, because we here we like to we like to Josh our our guy, um, you know, our, our our guy Carlos in the Latinx delegation. But this one this one was a banger I, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Latina Big Barda. Um, what do you guys think about the pick? I'm here for it. What about you, Jarrett? I am also very much here for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I know that she was originally, in, you know, when, when Jack Kirby created her, uh, he definitely had a, a Jewish actress in mind um, when, he, when, he visu- when he designed her visually. Do we know but who that actress was? I forget. Um, I'll probably look her up real quick. Um, but, but since then... You know, she's definitely uh, been been drawn in such a way as to uh, to evoke uh, women of color, and you know, you know, again, we're we're, we're trafficking in stereotypes a little bit, but the um, you know, kind of the badass Latina woman trope uh, is, is well worn, uh, and you know, and I think that I think that she does a good job of kind of. Uh, you know, Bard as it as it were, you know, of, of sort of keeping that, keeping that trope intact while still maintaining a certain degree of uh, sort of femininity and softness when necessary um, through her marriage. To- and and the fan cast definitely helped. True, true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So- like yes, that yes, that's Barda. There she goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. As from is that a, that's a that's a WWE wrestler, right? Raquel I Rodriguez. believe so. I yeah. think so. So, um, I don't. I'm not familiar with her performances. You know, um, whether it's as a, you know, verbally or, um, you know, her physicality. But I, I'm guessing, she, you know, she's got the look for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, as of now. The approval rating for the pick is 88.9, uh, with all 88.9 strongly approving, uh, and 11.1 somewhat disapproving, and then a 90% approval rating for Raquel Rodriguez, uh, with 70% strongly approving and 20% somewhat approving and 10% somewhat disapproving. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm, I, I think it's, a, I think it could work for sure. 
And that brings us to the final pick of the round. And you're here, Josh. I'm Jack Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> oh man. I was talking, I was saying I was Joshing or good old Josh. <laughs> It's you're all good. I have a cousin named Josh, and uh, okay. my grandpa, who's like definitely getting up there in age. Um, all my cousins are like a bunch of them have J names, and my dad also has a J name, so he always like rifles through everyone mm -hmm. until arriving at me. <laughs> like, I'm used to it, it's totally fine. Oh man, sorry, sorry, Jerry, sorry, uh, uh slipped up, but um, just joshing. Just Josh, exactly. That's the name of the episode. Just, just get ready for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, this the spot. Talk about it. Yeah, I wanted to capitalize on the Spider Verse. Um, look, it, like it's the biggest thing. Um, but seriously, um, yeah, spot. I, aside from the Jason uh, Schwartzman fan cast. And they definitely did use him as, like, the visual inspiration before he turned into the Dalmatian-looking spot uh -huh. guy. Um, I feel like, you know, that archetype of the sort of, like, nebbishy scientist who feel like, who doesn't feel as though he's made an impact on the world, so he needs to sort of figure out a way to make that impact and like yeah he doesn't do it in the best way but um it's like it's that classic character um that does commonly get associated with um jewish people mm -hmm. um so you know am i playing on stereotypes here a little bit yeah but i don't know i i i i i i foresee spot being developed in a big way and yeah. i think that this i think that this version we've talked about this uh with other spider-verse characters that this will become kind of like the definitive yeah interpretation of the character mm -hmm. um yeah. i think that you know he was a bit of a joke character before a uh, very deep cut of a character mm -hmm. And I think that so many people have seen this movie and so many people have associated the spot with this this incarnation of the character that that this is who this is who the spot's gonna be kind of going forward. And I mean, he he like as as somebody as as our resident sort of fan of like the the lesser known weirdo characters, like this is this is like my dream in terms of how the character would develop because you 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 see the character right and he's a weirdo has these perfectly stark white body with black dalmatian spots and like where is his face it's just it's a very weird character and concept and and he's sort of like treated as this joke and it's nobody or whatever but the potential was always there like okay if he has these extra dimensional whole things that he can sort of like relocate and generate portals and like it's always been there and so for us to see it visually on like 
on a on a national scale. Everybody gets to see it at the same time. It's not just like some little obscure comic that I have to kind of tell y'all about. No, we all bought tickets. We all saw the movie. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like it's it's about time. About time. Yeah. It's yeah. really funny because the way you put it you put it that way, it really harkens back to the Joker movie and Arthur Fleck. And mm -hmm. Fleck is a a word in Yiddish, I believe, which means stain or spot. Interesting. Mm. So it's sort of like if you sort of look at it that way, um his spots are almost like like a stain on him, but they become something so much more. They become yeah. he, he, halfway through that movie, he becomes sort of a badass. Oh um, yeah, sure. yeah. Like I mean, he, I mean, I made a joke about like you know, like he one of when he's going through his names, he was like smuts, you know. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Got a little, got a little, got a little smuts over. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, obviously spots back is a is a um you know synonym. Flag. Yeah. Um, like you could you could see him kind of playing around with that as well totally. um, in his persona like I think it helps again it, it always helps to see a character um, in in motion to see a character kind of pop off the page and and get that extra dimension um, but for him specifically because because it's harder to convey that um when a character's power set is that goofy um you know sometimes it becomes restrictive mm -hmm. and because we, we got to see that development over the course of the entire film you can still maintain that goofiness while getting that additional layer of menace right and i think with i think with some superhero villains particularly you know, you want to have both. You want to have a little bit of, uh, a little bit of. Well, it, it's almost like the pro wrestling thing. I don't know uh, to what extent you guys watch pro wrestling. Is that? But sometimes the best heels are the ones that can be both uh, scary, but also kind of get their ass kicked convincingly. I mean, you you have if if you have the sort of perfect mix then you you sort of take the line between genius and madness and just kind of skip rope with it like that's just sort of how it, it works like because it's a it's a it's a character who he has these portals on his body that are like you know if I don't know. It's just it's it's very much the the sort of interpretation that that is limited to the 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 character's personality and motivations in the story. But then also it's limited to sort of the writer, right? What what extreme do they want to kind of take the character's development in? And so to see him kind of you know drive to darker extremes of like I, I I basically I can't go back to my normal life because my 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 appearance has changed. I've gained these abilities and stuff. And so he gets sort of the the dark mirror version of the the power and responsibility thing. Like he he's he's the power 
and not really interested in the responsibility part. And so it, it's very much like it, it's just so well done, and and it couldn't really have happened to a bit. Like I, I feel like there's like five or ten other characters who like if if you let me write them, I I, I would do similar thing. But it's like it's it's a it's a very masterfully chosen character to sort of develop in that way. It's it's very perfectly done. Right. So I mean, you know, who knows when we'll get the next, um, you know appearance of the spot because we don't know when the next uh, Spider-Verse movie is happening but I I think that uh, Marvel will do their best to um, maintain the spot in a in a in a role that capitalizes uh, you know capitalizes on his additional profile yeah I mean mm-hmm. they very much set him up in that movie to be Miles Morales's arch nemesis and yeah. I, I was trying to think, like, who would you guys consider comic Miles's arch nemesis to be? Like, and does he even have one? Like, I would say his closest thing is, is like, one of okay. his, his doppelgangers, right? I would say right. either your Miles, either 616 Miles, who's not that interesting of a character, um, or, you know, his recent the clone uh, version of him. Selene. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those are fairly new characters, and those are characters that wouldn't have worked well. Um, and and on top of that, you wouldn't want to, like I mean that's I, I feel like when you have a character who's just an exact opposite or like an exact reflection, I I don't really care for that. Like I just don't. Like actually, you get, okay. I just thought about something. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, go ahead. You know, um, you know we're 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 gonna meet. We're gonna we met. Miles G. Morales, um, you know, in in the movie, do you guys think that this is a character that might come to live? I mean, not live action, a uh, character that might uh, get introduced in the comics. Maybe. I mean, I'm I'm always here for that. Like, I, anytime you see a character that works really well in animation, I'm like, let them continue forever. Put them in the comics. I I sure hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, obviously, it treads on familiar territory with either, um, you know, six one six miles or Celine, in you know, in terms of what his part could be in the comics. Um, but I mean, I, him being the prowler, like the new, you know, the the young prowler, um, in the kind of the, the simple what if scenario, being what if he was. Uh, actually was mentored by by Uncle Iron Man. Right. I always saw, um, since seeing uh, Across, I sort of thought that uh, Miles G. Morales was their version of um, those doppelgangers. See, like Adam mm-hmm. and... Maybe. I mean... I mean, we, we got... It's hard we to got... know... You know what his arc is going to be. I mean, that because I know that some of the filmmakers have teased that there's more to his story to be told. Mm-hmm. So he may ultimately be become not a villain. Yeah, exactly. Um, that and that might change things. He might be, you know, kind of like a frenemy if they ever introduce him. Right. In um, right. But you know, very he's I mean, already got we... an iconic look. We we got uh we got Miles about to meet uh Hobie Brown soon in the comics. Oh, uh, I didn't know uh, that. 
yeah, he's going to meet. I, I think it's, I'm fairly certain that it, because it's, it's Prowler, but I'm fairly certain that it's Holy Brown still, even though he recently. Oh, so, it's, oh, it's that, it's that Holy Brown. Sorry. Right, it's right, it's right. Not, not. Right, right, right. And so, I mean, like maybe, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. That they're kind of, you know, there, there's a bit of like, is that synergy? <laughs> or <laughs> did they already have that plan? Or like, is it like, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there's, there's a whole lot there um, to, to sort of, you know, play around with because his, his story in and of itself starts off as kind of a multiversal one. And mm-hmm. so as, as long as you don't kind of make, I don't know. As long as you don't make it too much, um, dang, what, what was I about to say? Um, as long as you allow the characters to be more than just kind of a, a quirky little uh, reflection of the character, like say we get a uh, Salim or we get a, you know, the the six one six Miles Morales or whoever. It's like, yeah, but there has to be more than that and i feel like they're 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 going in a direction that is more than that they are really sort of giving each one um a reason for sort of this introspection beyond just kind of the shock value or the or the the sensationalism of it all and i i think it's working well just the development recently is is like it's I don't know. It's it's really really hitting for me. And I do want to say that there's a way, um, I you know on the spot, <clears throat> on the spot. Um, it's it's hard for me to 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 think through all of the ways that it could happen that they could make the spot, um, a, a high level comic nemesis for Miles. Mm-hmm. But there's 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 the, the possibility is there uh, for it. I mean, if they he's just laying to. dormant, sort of. Yeah, I mean, the hardest part is that they they did it so masterfully in in the the movie that directly he, tied his origin. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, that it's that it, that because we know that that's not his origin right. in the comics. Um, you know, it would require a little bit more work to. Um, to I'm I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. What is the status of that? Because it was like um, back in the the. Uh, it was it was not not Spider Verse, but it was Spider Man, where where Miles and Peter teamed up and did like it was it was some kind of device that that cre- it was it was Mysterio that tried to use the device, but he ended up doing some shenanigans and I'm trying to think, but like there there is a thing that is out there that's like a multiversal to mention traveling thingamabob out there. And it's like, it's possible <laughs> that that we could have maybe the spot gets, you know, imbued with the energies or whatever. Like, I mean, it's possible. It would, you would have to kind of do some some hand-waving to, to get it done. But, I mean, it, the, the potential is there if they yeah. wanted to go that route. So, Or maybe, you know, I don't know if the spot's been introduced in the Ultimate Universe. So, I don't recall him having been introduced. So maybe, you know, maybe you go with that, give him the exact origin, yeah. but in the ultimate universe, and then you have him 
come to the 616 and supplant a 616 spot. You could, could be, yeah. do that, uh -huh. you know. But I mean, again, it remains to be seen like how, how the story will play out and whether it'll be so perfectly executed that we won't even want <laughs> them to touch <laughs> it in the comics. But, uh, you know, uh, fingers crossed. I mean, I like the character. I think that the character has it's really having a glow up. And from a from an art standpoint, it's a fun character to draw. So yeah, there'll be no shortage of uh, spot spot art. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very hard to depict his Jewishness though when. Um, yeah. Unless, unless he's got a spot right there in like the back of his head. Yeah, it's like a yarmulke. <laughs> no, that's what it is. It's yarmulkes all over his body. Oh, man, that's great. So, yeah, I, I didn't mention it before, but it's 100% approval rating for both the pick and for the fan cast, which uh -huh. is the same as the real casting. Uh, 100%, 66.7 strongly approved, 33.3 somewhat approved, 90% uh, strongly approved of Jason Schwartzman, and 10% somewhat approved. So, uh, yeah. you know, keep on, keep on keeping on when it comes to the Jewish spot. Um, and that that's our round. That was our, our third round of the Dynasty draft. Like, you know, you guys said you feel pretty good about how, how things are shaking out. I mean, I know it, it, it's easy. The the number of available characters you started got to dig, got to dig a little deeper, um, you know, yeah. to get get into those crates. But that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun of the dynasty draft. You know, you can get a little more obscure because, you know, if you've got a good vision for the character, you've got an idea about really how to, like, make the character fit within the culture. Um, you mm -hmm. know, there's. There's a lot of room to to play around and have those characters interplay with um, with the other characters that you've drafted, and you know, kind of accrue accrue creativity points that way. But I don't really have that much else to say. I mean, let the people know where they can find you, uh, Jared. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jared Kirschenbaum, um, K I R S C H E M B A U M. And you can find me on Twitter at Jared, K-I-R-S-C-H underscore. And I, like, I'm also on threads, but, like, I don't really <laughs> think threads really took off, so. I mean, look, threads is going to just sit there, lay in wait yeah, until like Twitter destroys itself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, threads is, is our spot. Yeah. Really. Um, where can they find you, Randy? They find you on threads? I am not on threads. Uh, I'm on Blue Sky, but I forgot my at. So for now, <laughs> <laughs> for now, for for as long as as Twitter remains, and yes, it is Twitter, it is not X. Um, yeah, Randy S0725. And I use the hashtag superpower list. Well, you can find the racial draft on threads that's right at racial.draft as well as on instagram racial.draft you can also find racial draft on facebook on youtube you can subscribe to us on youtube uh you can find us wherever you get your podcast spotify uh 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, not Stitcher anymore because they're not a thing. Um, you can also find the Racial Draft Racial Draft Pod on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can find me at MTFIII at some of those places, and I'll leave it to you to find me. Uh, I may not respond if you're creepy. But if you want to be creepy, you can still be creepy at racialdraft.com. Uh, also, you can be creepy at uh, our, on our email, and I will send you right to spam and, you know, contact the authorities but if you want to give your reasons for disapproval do it in our you know do it anywhere do it on threads do it uh in our like i said racial draft podcast at gmail.com send us an email and talk about why uh you know we are overly woke and all the other you know nonsense um but you know we're gonna be back next week same race time same race channel but until then I don't think it's possible.